Bonjour, this is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. It's our summer series, and I'm your host, Andrew Pryor. Enchanté. Fabulously Delicious is the podcast that brings you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique, and we learn about it from a special guest who's an expert on that topic. My guests are all about French food. Either they cook it, they produce it, talk right, or photograph it. But above all, they love it. This week, it's all about the markets here in France and their wonderful harvests, as well as the different food available in them. We chat with Solvic Coulomb about French food markets. Solvic is such a lover of the markets here in France that because she moved to Sydney and couldn't get any, she started one of her own. And then we'll be talking to Amy Pfizer about the abundant harvest you get in autumn months here in France. So sit back, relax, enjoy a glass of wine or a tea and coffee. If you're listening whilst traveling on your way to work, turn up the volume as you're in for a delicious episode of Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. It's episode five of the summer of 2022 series. So bon app and enjoy French food markets with Solvic Coulon. Sylvain Coulon, welcome to Fabulously Delicious. Bonjour, Andrew. Thank you for having me today. Getting into markets, and particular outdoor food markets in France, how often does the everyday French person go to a market? Oh, yes. I mean, in France, you there, there's markets every day of the week, really. I remember going to Wednesday morning market with my grandmother in south of France, And there's always, always a market somewhere. It can be a food market or it can be a, but a lot during the week, actually, probably a little bit more than in Australia, um, where people go to the Friday or Thursday or Wednesday food market. It's, it's really part of the, the culture, but it's also a place where the community is meeting, where you see your neighbors, You know the people that serve the food. Um, you catch up, you sit at the terrace, or you call your friend and say, hey, let's catch up uh, on Saturday morning at the market, let's have a coffee. I mean, it's like that a little bit in Australia. I think it's, it's, it's growing like that, but it's, it's really the village. It's the, the heart of the village life, I feel like. The market is the, the heart of the, the village where everybody's meeting and connecting. And that's what I wanted to create. Can you describe a food market in France for somebody that's not been to France? What are we going to find at the market? Well, you would have like a butcher, mm-hmm. you know, in a little um, kind of van, like an old school 70s van that opens up at the front with um, amazing meat. You would have certainly a couple of uh, cheese stalls, not only one, but a few, usually specialized. So you would have like a good cheese stall and another one that's going to be more. They, they, they have their specialties. Um, of course, a lot of farmers with um, fresh um, fruit and veggies. There's um, also what I like in French market is there's usually a, a couple of older people that have their own little garden. So it's not their job, but they have a little veggie patch and they come and sell their 
the fruit and veggies at the market. So they usually have like a table with a basket of tomatoes and couple of potatoes, um, flowers, fresh flowers, uh, a little bit of everything. And are usually the best <laughs> fruit and veggies. Um, but people would specialize. You would have someone selling only um, melons, for example, in summer. You would usually have a knife sharpener. They're usually not big markets. There's not too many stores if you go to a little village. Um, I remember my grandmother market, they had maybe, I would say, four or five stores <laughs> enough, you know. And would you go to the market then when you had the young kids? Is that something you would do or is it, um, is it not part of the younger generation or modern life now? Um, is the supermarket too convenient? Yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I used to go to markets all the time, every weekend for food or bric-a-brac or brocante or and I used to take my kids with me and, and um, that's it's part of the the routine, the family life, you know. Or even if you drive somewhere, you know there's a market. You stop and you go, oh, let's go and check the market. How important is local produce at a market? It is important because uh, in France, um, depending in which region you live, you you're gonna find specific products. So, for example, I was saying in Grignan. There's a very, it's one of the most famous um, black truffle markets at a certain time of the year where you know you have to go very early in the morning. And what happens is people um, bring their car and they have in, in the boot at the back of the car, they open the boot and um, they have a basket covered with a tea towel and they, they show the black truffle and you go and buy it and it just sells like for three or four 3,000 uh, euro a kilo and they just sell like that, you know. Uh, my grandmother market, it was more about the goat cheese and it's a specialty of where she is in the Loire Valley where you go and you buy the, the goat cheese. My mom, where now she lives in Valence, um, it's going to be the apricots and all the, the, the fruits from the Valley du Rhône, you know, apricots, prunes, cherries, the scents, the flavors, it's like unique. Um, if you go to Cavaillon, you're going to buy some melons. If you go to Nice, it's going to be the flowers. So it's, it's very, the, the, the importance of local products is each region will have a specialty. If you go to Toulouse or to the west of France, that's when you're going to find the foie gras and the pâté and the heavier food. You know, as if you go in Nice, it's more the fresh food and the herbs and uh, condiments and things like that. At the moment, cherries everywhere here in France and blueberries as well. Just this morning, actually, at the market, the blueberries, it was half a kilo for 10 euro, which is a pretty good price. And cherries, I've never seen cherries at more than, I think, maybe 10 or 12 euro maximum. But I know that this is not the same in Australia. I mean, when cherries in, in season in Australia, you can be paying $35, $40 a kilo. Sometimes they're quite expensive. Was that a shock, how expensive things were? in Australia for those sorts of everyday, yeah. what would be everyday things for you here? Big shock, big, big shock. The price, um, like like you said, the cherries or the figs, oh my God, 
figs, you know, in south of France, figs are free. Yeah. You go and walk <laughs> in the countryside and you just pick some, uh, some figs on the tree and you eat them on the spot. Here, you pay like, what, two euros, two dollars for one fig. Or oh, the cherries are so expensive, apricots. And I don't think there's a big variety also of fruits. Like, uh, look, don't get me wrong, I love Australia. I'm very grateful to, uh, to live in Australia. But I find that the vari variety of fruits are, is not great. Um, but also the taste I, I, there's something that I don't get because we are in a warm and sunny country and, and the taste of abricots or prunes, it's just not the same. It's not as fruity and sweet and like just the scent of it, you know, and the price, 100%. Strawberries, you know, um, in Nîmes, where I spent uh, 10 years, there's a gariguette. I don't know if you tried the gariguette, the strawberries. So it's a special fish, yeah, from the, the gar. Uh, it's a tiny, um, um, strawberry. Uh, it's not, it's a light red and it's very, very sweet. It's a little bit hard and very sweet. It's delicious. The scent, you, if you have a, a bowl of gariguette in front of you, just the smell, the scent is like, wow. You lived in Provence and we mentioned, as we mentioned before, and Julia Child um, writes about this in her book, My Life in France. She writes about the markets in Provence and the amazing seafood and, and things that uh, were available to her there. How different is the market in Provence to the rest of France? In Provence, if you go to a market, there's a lot of vendors, a lot of stores. So there's an abundance of stalls and even just visually when you walk to a stall in to a market in for example in nice or um, in the countryside somewhere in provence like aix-en-provence or marseille or martigues just visually you arrive and there's this abundance of um, fruit and colors, you know, all these tools and the noise as well, because people are very loud. <laughs> you know, in Marseille, when they sell the seafood, it's like super loud. They're known for that. Um, you know, la vente à la crier. But, um, the abundance of like visually the colors and the scents, that's for me, that's, that's a typical South of France market where you arrive and there's all these amazing, vibrant colors like orange and yellow and the lavender and you can, the, the smell like of the spices because there's a lot of people um, selling also the spices. I don't know if you've been to Arles, the market in Arles. Ah, uh, oui, yes. Well, I mean, it's just like you need, you need a day to walk through the old market, right? Yeah. So there is a bit of everything, but when you go into the food section, for me, the, the sense, I'm very sensitive to sense. So for me, it's something very strong. Um, it's just a mix of all these scents of lavender and spices and basil and uh, olive oil and marinated olives. That's for me, that's the market in Provence. 
You're listening to Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. If you're enjoying this episode, then please share it around with your friends, colleagues, family. French food is wonderful and delicious, and so are these chats with lovers of French food. And they can be enjoyed by any foodie, no matter what their preference for cuisine is. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Oh, and leave a review. A five-star one would be great. So remember, share me around with your friends and family. I love to be shared around. Now let's get back to more Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. When we can all travel again and people are coming to France, but as an Australian French person, if you were sending an Aussie over to France, what would you recommend for them to do at a market? What would that? What should they buy? Considering they might not have... You know, actually, they might be in a hotel with no kitchen or something like that. What should they go to the market and get and to experience that uh, French market life? I would just recommend to probably go and buy um, the tomate cœur de bœuf, you know, the big uh, tomatoes and um, with um, marinated olive because you can find the best olive for nothing. Like for two, three euro, you buy like this big bag of olive, and they usually with um, North Africa, you know, all the spices, cumin and coriander and herbe de Provence, um, which you can just put on your tomato with uh, just a fresh cheese, like a fresh goat cheese, a piece of bread, um, uh, eventually some fre- good ham from the market and just put that on the plate. That's why we usually do, you know, when we go to the market, we buy a f- few products, we go and sit in a, in a cafe somewhere and we just eat the, the cheese or the saucisson. Like, I mean, people think it's a cliche. It's actually not a cliche. That's what French people do. You, you just have a meal with a tomato, a little bit of olive oil, a nice goat cheese, a piece of bread and some fresh fruit from dessert like apricots or strawberries. You just eat them like that. You mentioned the it's the cœur boeuf uh, tomato. That, that's right, mm, isn't it? It's a really big one. The cœur de boeuf. Cœur de boeuf, beef heart. <laughs> I don't know if you know, in Australia, there is like the the big pineapple. We have the big pineapple and the the big, sh- I think there's a big, <laughs> big shrimp, shrimp and things like this. Why in France is there no big cœur de boeuf? Like, you know, there needs to be, or Johnny Menton, there should be a big lemon um, that you can go visit. Uh, there's none of that here. Maybe you can suggest it to your local council, Andrew. I think it would be a great addition to French culture. <laughs> So Ma- Ma- Morion, it is uh, known for its uh, macarons, actually. Uh, they have an almond macaron here. Mm. Uh, it's more like a macaroon. It's like it's shaped like a macaroon. It's not like the macarons that you get a macaron. I See, this is where I get confused. Um, I, the difference between a, uh, No, a macaron, a macaroon, and macron. Um, I get them all confused. <laughs> but um, I've covered this many a time. An old joke is a good joke. <laughs> I heard um, you. That's one I love. So, it. Uh, we have uh, the macarons that are they're the they're the shape of the macaroon, but instead of using coconut, they use almond, and they call it a macaron. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so maybe we could have a big macaron here in Montmorillon. My um, dream house, I was talking about this this the other day, um, is that I would love to build a house that uh, was in the French countryside that was the in the shape of a croissant. 
Um, but I think that I would get booted out, so I, I won't do that. Maybe I'll do that when I'm a bit older and I can. I think and I can people would give you a hard time about that. Huh? In France, I, I would go, oh, look at these Australian people. I've learned, I've learned. I've been here long enough, uh, Slovenko. Been here for five years. I know the the rules. Just go and do it. You just, if you want to do this, you just do it, and you wait for the council to come along and say, "No, you can't." That's correct. That's correct. In France, um, in France, uh, seasonality is, re- and we've touched on this quite a bit, but t- seasonality is really important for French food and the markets, especially. Uh, even now in Australia or in France, what are your favorite product products and produce? that you look forward to when they come into season? Like what is it that you really want to buy at a market when you know that you're getting it straight from somebody that makes it and it's fresh and you just can't wait? In France, I was looking, because I was in South, I was really looking at the melons and strawberries, 100%, because, like I said, the the melons from Cavaillon, it's just amazing. Um... And you know what I was really looking forward to was the petit marron. Do you know what is a petit marron? Oh, oui, the petit marron. Oui, oh, yes. La, yes la, okay. la. I used ah. to make a puree of petit marron. It's just delicious. I miss that. And in Australia, um, look, I, I've got an amazing fruit stalls, uh, Mick. His name is uh, the fruit detective. We call him like that at the, the market. He's the best. He's just sourcing the best fruit and veggies for from all different farms all over Australia. So I usually let him, let him guide me about um, the, the fruit that are in season. And he's, he usually has amazing uh, mangoes and uh, pineapples, grapes. Lately on my um, veggie stall, they had amazing arti- artichokes. Sorry about the pronunciation. <laughs> uh, and they actually, they actually had uh, some um, tomatoes, like they were like cœur de bœuf. Oh. So I usually spend, uh, I take a lot of photos of the, of the fruits and veggies because it looks, the color, I love the colors, just uh, the aesthetic of it and the sense, yeah. Very quickly, I wanted to ask, because I've been me dying to ask somebody that is French, this question. But in relation <laughs> to a market, I've often seen at the markets, people will buy bags. And I mean, really quite large bags. I think it's the bags that the flower comes in. At the boulangerie part store or the, the stall at the market or at a boulangerie itself, they will buy bags of baguettes. And I'm confused. <laughs> What's going on there? What are they doing with so many baguettes? I mean, I just go and get one for the day so that it's nice and fresh. But who are you feeding that you buy 10, you buy a bag full of baguettes? There might be 10 baguettes there. What's going on? Uh, I know exactly what you mean. Look, usually I think there's probably like for uh, actually schools and because as you know, Andrew, at the school, you have a little restaurant for lunch. Right. At school as well as university. At school, of course. Oh. My daughter was going to this, this school in the center of Nîmes and they had this amazing lady who was in her 60s cooking for them every day, like 
petits plats. They, she used to cook bœuf bourguignon and couscous and ratatouille. Like, it was the best. I think it was four euro. So, six so what happened when they went to Australia and they went to school oh, in Australia? I, I got into, I had a, I went into depression the first year when I arrived to Australia because they have a two hours break at lunch. They go and sit in this massive room and you have the menu outside of the school that is printed for the week. And they had like a salad of the whatever and then bœuf bourguignon, cheese, dessert. <gasps> like every day the menu was amazing. So when I arrived to Australia and then I found out about the lunchbox, <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean a lunchbox? What is it? <laughs> and And since... Like for the eight, five, like the last five years, yep. every morning when I do the bloody lunchbox, I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> the thing I hate the most in Australia, sorry for the word hate, it's no, really no, strong, wait, wait. but the thing I dislike the <laughs> most is the lunchbox. For me, it's a nightmare because I was raised with big tables and the, the lady, the cook that would come and just give me like fresh handmade, like, you know, home cooked puree with, it was not always good because we used to eat pretty like uh, beef tongue and oh. stuff that were like, or um, goat uh, brain. Oh no. oh no! Yes, uh, we used to eat that. Apparently, it was good for your health, but um, <laughs> apparently, um, but um, yeah. So when I arrived to Australia, and still now, it's a big shock for me because to give a sandwich to my daughters, it was just like okay, I was like, my kids can't eat sandwich every day. I'm sorry, we are French. <laughs> That's not possible. So I, I had to go with it, but uh, you know, I. I wish to reintroduce a proper canteen in uh, Australian uh, schools. <laughs> That's my program. <laughs> Slovik, merci beaucoup for being on Fabulously Delicious. Thank you so much, Andrew. Merci beaucoup. It was a merci. great experience. I enjoyed it. Merci, oh. monsieur. Since being part of MasterChef Australia in 2013, I've been doing food tours and cooking classes with thousands of fabulous people. That's why I'm super excited to announce new cooking classes here with me in France for the first time since COVID started. 2023 is your chance to come visit me here in Montmorillon and participate in cooking experiences highlighting the regional produce of the area and some of the wonderful dishes and ingredients discussed on Fabulously Delicious. Check out my website via the link in the show notes, andrewpriorfabulously.com, for more information and register your interest now. Stay tuned, merci beaucoup, and let's get back to more Fabulously Delicious with Amy Pfizer this time and the Autumn har Market Harvest. Bon app. Amy Pfizer, thank you for joining me on Fabulously Delicious today. Thanks for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Getting on to our topic today, the autumn harvest. Um, France markets are fabulous nearly all year round, but one of the most abundant times is autumn. When was the last time you were at the market? I was at the market yesterday. Fabulous. Great. Okay. So in general, what was in abundance? Man, there, it's just, it's such a great time, like you said, because it's sort of like we're getting the end of summer. But then, you know, the, then the, 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 the things that are exploding in autumn come out too. So it, it really is, I'd say it is one of the best times of year 
to be to be at the market. So grape harvest is here. Like we've got our grapes everywhere. Like we said, uh, Pierre just came in, you know, five minutes ago with a whole pallet of grapes that he got for one euro because he went to the end of, into the market, which is why he somebody was trying to give it to him so, so they didn't have to either throw it away or pack it back up. Um, grapes are everywhere, and it's also um, apples and pears are just tumbling out of the, the stalls. They're completely gorgeous. Um, we saw a lot of figs um, that have been around for a bit, but and I, I'm noticing them in restaurants. They're like fig tarts everywhere. Like everyone is serving fig tarts. We started seeing mushrooms. Um, our, all the different kinds of mushrooms um, have just kind of popped up again. Nuts, we noticed yesterday. Um, fresh walnuts chestnuts um endive which has been which has been i know we have had that in the states but definitely endive has been a new uh uh salad base that we i've been uh, exposed to here that we use a lot of oh i can't stand the endive. you can't i can't I get it. my head around it i, I was so it. excited last christmas to make uh endive gratin to go with uh, christmas dinner <sighs> lunch and oh i didn't like and it was I'm supposed so to be all the good things you know it was supposed yeah. to have ham and mustard yeah, and cheese. cheese yes but the endive it's i just i'm not it's a huge fan of bitter it's a divisive vegetable i totally hear you i will say i know what i know what recipe you made Pierre's it's the vegemite of vegetables andrew that feels cruel i don't know if that's fair to endive <laughs> but i i don't know i totally know what you're talking about that roasted endive with ham you wrap it in ham and you put some cheese and like a vinaigrette oh, oh my god i love that i love the southerner in me i i think i'm so proud to say that i love that because the southerner the picky southerner me who really just wanted to have fried chicken and, and you know mashed potatoes is so um delighted and proud of myself that i'm into, into endive so those are around whether they're you know yellow sometimes they're pink or red and they're gorgeous to some of us they are a gorgeous we all we also saw one of my favorites which is leeks i think the leeks are kind of like that is my absolute that's the cutest thing i've ever seen is a french person walking around a market with a leek in their back like it's some sort of sword or some sort of yoga mat it's the sweetest thing to see them walking around with their leeks popping up out of their backs so we saw we saw artichoke artichokes or about oh yes yeah yep yeah Okay. Um, so where is your local market then? Because you're in Paris. I'm in Paris. We are so lucky that we've had two that are, are right near us. So there's one near the Alexandre Dumas uh, Metro that's on Saturdays and Wednesdays. So that's the one I went to yesterday. And then we've got one today that where Pierre went to get the grapes. Um, it, that's also on Thursdays. That's up again, just the same distance away. It's uh, Place de la Reunion which is a very hip and happening, uh, suddenly hip and happening uh, neighborhood area. It's a little bit smaller than the, the Alexander Dumas one, but it's, um, but we, that's the one, the one that comes out today is where we kind of have gotten to know our vendors because it's, because it's smaller and they, you know, there's just, there's uh, fewer people and they, they can recognize us a little bit more, but yeah, we feel, I feel so lucky. I can't believe we have four days of mar fresh markets around us. And in, in addition to the rest of the food that's, that's around.
Um, I think the obvious thing to talk about with vegetables when we think of autumn would be pumpkins. Now, before I moved to the country, I lived in Paris, obviously, as I just said, and heard often that pumpkins were for, and corn, actually, pumpkins and corn were just animal feed. Yes. That the French... We do not eat them. But here in the countryside, the markets are full of pumpkins. Really? Which is fantastic. Is it the same there in Paris or is it not? Are they all just saying, no, we don't? Are they Parisians that we know we do not eat pumpkins? I would say that we are seeing more pumpkins here, but and not a ton. I do think you're right. It's it's kind of goes along with corn where it's not something that they want to deal with all the time. But I do... I think it's becoming more widely accepted. You know, it, it kind of, it's in that squat, that winter squash group, right? Like it's sort of like, I, I, I think we've probably had it in this house a couple times where maybe we'll just roast it and then roast the pumpkin seeds. Here we'll make a joke that if there's a jack-o'-lantern, like if I threaten to get a jack-o'-lantern, he, he, he's very angry about the idea of killing, of killing the food. So we've not had a jack-o'-lantern in the house um, since I've been oh, here. I get but, that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's, it's waste of food, but you know. One of the things I have found is this with pumpkins is this wide. Well, do you call them pumpkins or do you call them squash? I call them well. I well, I guess it depends on what are you calling it. Like I call I call a pumpkin like an orange jack o' lantern sort of squishy, squat, flat, and then I might call a squash something that's a little bit longer and leaner. I don't know why I think that. I'm probably wrong, but that's just in my brain. That's how it goes. See, I call a pumpkin, like you just said, the pumpkin, the typical, the orange one, or the green ones that are orange inside but green on the outside. But then, and then we have button-up pumpkins, but then yeah. that's what people would call a squash, I think. Oh, wait, you call it a butternut pumpkin? Sure. You call yeah, it- we call oh, it a butternut pumpkin. So- we just call it butternut squash. Or we well, Americans. There you yeah. Go. It's all yeah. the same. This is butternut. Yeah. Oh, I love butternut squash so much. So good. So, so good. then I'm confused because then you have here in France, you have muscat. Muscat, is that correct? M-U-S-C-A-D-E. I can't pronounce that one. And Potiron. Potiron. Oh, Potiron. Potiron. I, isn't, isn't the there you Potiron? Go. How do you say that again? Because I, I love the way it. you say French with an accent. Oh, that's so funny. Same back at you. Potiron. I'm, I'm not saying it Potiron. right. My French is terrible. <laughs> okay. I think that's not a pumpkin too, but isn't that a pumpkin? Isn't that also a Yes, pumpkin? but this is what I'm confused by because I thought it was a pumpkin, but then I went to the markets and saw, and I was hoping you were going to be able to answer that, oh. let me know what it is. But So then I went to the markets and then I saw Potiron and then I saw pumpkins. <gasps> Do you want me to do you want me to phone a friend and just literally ask the Frenchman who is right here or Oh well yes, it's a Frenchman's there. Let's Frenchman. find a friend. Let's... Hey, what's a pumpkin? What's a poltimoron and what is a pumpkin? Uh we'll translate. He said that's a good one. It's confusing him too. No, it's okay. It's all right, babe. We're fine. We're fine. We're good. We'll talk about another another time. Another time. Another time. Seps are in abundance in an autumn. Um, So mushrooms, uh, for those that don't know, they're a type of mushroom. I'm always afraid to use seps. Why? Because I'm afraid to use anything that doesn't come in a bag, uh, you know, like with the plastic over it, it says Paris mushrooms. Because I'm worried, like I'm terrified that I'm going to poison somebody with some wild mushroom from a forest. Like, how do you, do you like? Seps, do you I just like yeah, cook them for you? He's you, he's cooked seps a couple times, I'd say. I feel like mushrooms they show up around here sometimes, and yeah, I and I will say, I will say, you're right. The parish mushroom does show up here more often than anything else, and they're and just they're as fabulous. good canned. They're fabulous, and they're just as good canned. I totally hear you. Canned, Although, 
Yes. Oh my gosh. We what we always have canned mushrooms. No, we don't always eat them, but we always have them in the houses in case we need them for something. Oh, like so in case there's a pandemic or something and in you're not allowed to pandemic, leave the house. In case there's a pandemic. <laughs> no, just, a, just the, the canned mushrooms and the toilet paper. Let's just make sure that we've got those. No, we just we always have them stocked in case you gotta throw it in a quiche or something. You just don't have a fresh okay, mushroom yes, around. Yeah, okay. But, Never had I a canned mean, mushroom. I mean, oh, you. That's. I mean, but I mean, I feel like canned food in France is different than canned food in the states. No, absolute component. Um, uh, I love all the canned food that they have here. The good quality ones. You can get amazing. Such good food quality, totally. Yeah. Even yeah, even yeah, even soups. Like it's so uh, for our listeners. We're, it's great. Don't worry. We're not we're talking cool. Heinz. Yeah, we're not yeah. talking Heinz. We're talking the good stuff. We're not talking the bottom shelf of the supermarket. No, we're not. We're not. Because <laughs> in Australia, <laughs> of the canned vegetables, the mushrooms are always in the bottom shelf of the supermarket. <laughs> yeah, poor mushrooms. No. It's such a shame. I know. Because well, they need the light. There's no light down there, you see. They're growing in the cans. There's them. no light. <laughs> they're, in their na- they're in their natural habitat. But, I mean, I guess he uses saps. Um, we, we, you know, most of the time... It, I, I kind of he's nodding at me. I kind of I kind of think we should be trying more of the mushrooms here. There's such a variety. Um, we I think the, is it the trompette de la mort? Yes, that are so good, and the girolles are good too. So um, you know, but but yeah, I think we 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 kind of stick to basic mushrooms in this house. Although I would be fine if we tried more. And I I just think there's such a good variety down there that we both should be trying more of them and being okay with we're not going to poison anybody like we'll blame it on them. well you know what we could do we can buy them from the markets and then take them up to the pharmacy because you know that all the pharmacies <laughs> are supposed to be experts you're supposed to be able to do this are you if kidding? you go pick mushrooms in no it's a thing um so apparently if you go and pick mushrooms in the forest you are supposed to then go take them to the pharmacy and they they will check your mushrooms and make sure that they're all right that is the most french thing I have ever heard. <laughs> it involves food and the famous pharmacies. It, oh my god, that I cannot. That's amazing. And while you're in there, you can get your neurofin. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's all good. Mushrooms and neurofin, all in one. It's fantastic. <laughs> Possibly the most important question I'm going to ask you today, Amy, is: uh, Do you eat your Brussels sprouts because they're in abundance? I love Brussels sprouts so much, but my I husband doesn't. My husband well. doesn't. No. And you know who does my favorite recipe? Your girlfriend Ina Garden. She does. The, I love that. She does oh. such a good. I just like them roasted. I like them crispy, a little bit like French fries with like just salt on them, with a little bit of olive oil. Like I am a huge fan of roasted brussels sprouts he's not though it's funny so anytime we get them he sort of reluctantly is fine with me but i think he identifies them as when he was young at school where they would like steam them for the canteen and that that smell so he ate them in sort of a yucky you know goopy sort of brussels sprout situation whereas i like them crisp and roasted with a little bit of that that natural stuff oozing at natural sugar oozing out of bacon 100 percent yeah. Just to clarify, Ina is uh, not my girlfriend. Just to clarify, because <laughs> Sorry. I, I don't want Jeffrey to be upset. Um, because I do <laughs> want to be able to come over for chicken dinner with Jeffrey one Friday night. So yeah, Ina, um, I just want to be uh, uh, your cooking assistant uh, who gets to eat at the same table. Um, and of course, because I'm gay, I will look fabulous um, because I'll spend at least a week trying to find an outfit that uh, is worthy of your presence. <laughs> Lyon is the gastronomic capital of France. Some people say that the Côte d'Azur is the heart of Mediterranean food, and both places have a special place in my heart and stomach. 
Having taken many wonderful people on tours of these areas, I'm super excited to be back in the swing of it and doing more fabulous tours in 2023 and 2024. These are all small group tours that are all about food and they won't leave you with an empty stomach, but instead give you a wonderful experience, fabulous memories and a full stomach but above all, a delicious love of France. Check out my website via the link in the show notes, which is andrewpryorfabulously.com for more information and register your interest now. Bon app. One of my favourite fruits in autumn is uh, pomegranates. Did you notice those or what fruits? You mentioned figs. What else did you notice? I mean, you know, apples and pears. Um, I do love a, a, pro- a pomegranate situation. I I feel like I saw them a little bit earlier in the autumn. That doesn't mean they weren't there. I just, you know, they're a little fussy to deal with, right? Like, I hate to say that. And I know, and I like, we've got them, I think at one point we got a free one from somebody. So we just sort of uh, kept the seat, took them all, just deseeded it and froze them. And, and now they're in the freezer. So I, I throw them in a, like a, a guacamole anytime I make, I make a guac, I just throw some some of that in there. So I do quite love it very much, but uh, I, I find them a little bit messy and, and I don't feel that I'm um, skilled enough to, to, to deal with those on a regular basis. I'm sure there are some tricks that I'm missing. Like there are some things that I should probably know. I love just banging a pomegranate over a meal, over a salad. Yeah, you just like oh, crunch nice. it up and then they all fall down. Yeah, drama. It's fantastic. It's yes, kind of fun. it's great. Getting back to the market, they display the price of things here in France at the market, uh, but they also display the country of origin. What's that about? Yeah, I believe it is legally required. And I have, I will say, I've seen my husband pass up over fruit that has been, it's like sourced from South America because it's just not good for the environment. Like, why do we want bananas from Peru if we can get them from Spain or, or what have you? So there is, it, it, I, I think it's great. I wish we had that in the States. Um, and and I, I think it's a wonderful way for you to empower you to make a better choice to that, that, that might reflect your, your values of being more eco-friendly. So yeah, we are way more likely to buy, to buy fruit and veg that's going to be sourced from Europe than it is from across the ocean because it does make it makes a ton of sense like it's 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 just it helps you be a better consumer of things i think it's it's a wonderful it should be everywhere it's a wonderful rule and it lets you know where where things are from like it lets you understand the way the world is working these days and it helps you again it empowers you as a customer to make a better choice I love rules in France. I think they're fabulous. They are great. They're good at rules. Well, and the yeah. best thing about the rules is it gives them something, gives the French people something to protest about. Of course. Um, you know, <laughs> this is great. It's important. It's very yeah. important. <laughs> it is. What other regulations are there in regards to markets, do you think? Uh, is there anything that comes to mind that we should be thinking of? I mean, there's like little, little rules that you sort of need to know socially, like... Um, you have to, just like in any store, you need to be saying hello to your vendor. I mean, that's not a you know rule or regulation, but it's sort of a soft rule. Uh, if you want, when we say when we mean hello, we mean bonjour, just to make sure right. that everybody knows. Please say bonjour. Actually, actually, when you come to France, just just learn two words or oh, three. Or oh, they're actually not three because oh, no, yeah, three words: bonjour, merci, and s'il vous plaît. Exact, exact. You're totally Hello, right. Hello, thank you, please. That's thank right. You yes. You mm-hmm. better you better walk into any place that you're going into and say bonjour. Like that is that's a given anywhere. And that's that goes to, to that's goes without saying in the market as well. So you need to make sure to catch the vendor's eye and you are not to touch the produce. Like do not reach out 
Um, unless you're kind of given the go ahead and they sort of indicate to you that you can touch things. A lot of vendors want to, um, to, uh, to help to, to pick out what you want. And they also want to ask you like, is this for cooking something right now? Or are you going to cook this in a few days? They will select a better um, piece of produce for you. And, um, and, and we saw just the other day, a woman yelling at another woman for touching her grapes. She's like, no, 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 no. You will. This is my job. It's her job. To, so I understand. I'd yell at somebody if they were touching my grapes in public too. I can tell you. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's don't be rude. But you know, but yeah, be careful with people's grapes. And I would say, make, and it's so small, but make sure most people are taking credit cards these days. But you need to have cash on hand just in case. It's still that way in France most of the time, so you need to have cash. So I don't know if there's any other like rules um, that they have that are that are as you know as is they come from sort of legislation that says that you need to be displaying place of origin. But, you know, there are, there are just a few things you have to know before you enter a market, just to make sure that you're being as polite as you can be. What's your favorite market in Paris? I mean, I have to say it's our local place that comes on Sundays and Thursdays uh, because of the fact that, um, you know, one of the things that we, we try to do on my Instagram account on fed by a Frenchman is what we call market days. And our, our, our goal is to take 20 euros and go to the end of the market and see what kind of deals we can score, you know, cause the end of the market again is the time when people are getting rid of their produce. There, a lot of it's the ugly fruit that they that didn't sell for the day or that's about, it's so ripe that they can't pack it back up. They, they may have to throw it away. So um, because we, because we're egged on by Instagram and whatever, because we also need food and we're freelancers. So 20, 20 euros is precious to us. Um, we, we've gotten, we, 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 before the pandemics, especially it's, it's gotten a little bit better, but we've been good about going up and, and getting to know our vendors because um, that's another sort of delightful thing that I've learned in France is getting, I, I maybe, in, maybe it's just my personality, but maybe it w- maybe it was just New York, but, um, it's, it w- it's been lovely to go by and, um, say hello to these vendors who had, who know our faces now, who know that we're going to film them for Instagram and that we're going to put them on online. But, um, it's, uh, it's small and it's personal. We care, we do care. We are following some of these folks on Instagram. We really do genuinely care about them. And, um, and they're part of the neighborhood. They're part of our, our, our quartier that, that helps, you know, that, that they're, it's, it's part of the deal. It's part of the, it's part of living here. And so that's, um, you know, I certainly love, um, some of the bigger places in Paris that are sexy, like, um, the Aligre market. That's like a daily market down. Um, that's not too far from us, uh, near Bastille, Bastille, um, is great fun. You can get everything there. Like there's no surprises with markets like that. You're going to find what you want at our market. It's a little bit more of a crapshoot, but I do, I do love, um, I do, I love being there and I love frequenting these people and, and making sure that their businesses are, are doing okay. So, um, it's the local stuff that I love. I do like the big sexy ones, but there's something special about a local place where people know who you are and, and they're going to throw in, not because they do this, but you know, they might throw in that extra pomegranate or they may throw in an extra little piece of cheese or just something to say thank you. And, and that keeps us coming back. And this is like the human element that, that I really like about our, our neighborhood place. Autumn is a really lovely time to be in Europe. 
um, not just France, but to be in Europe. Uh, where is your favourite place to go in France? In oh. oh, my gosh. There's so many places that I love. This is such a, um, it's such a diverse country. Um, uh, there's so many options. You know, I was telling you earlier, we're, we're sort of, um, we're into Burgundy right now. So we're sort of exploring Burgundy. We we're, 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 we have this dream of having a little, you know, country home there. So we sort of have been doing a little bit of Burgundy. It's a great time to be there considering it's, you know, grape harvest time. The weather's so beautiful. The countryside's so gorgeous. But um, Pierre grew up in the Alps. And, um, and I, that's also where we got married. So, um, autumn is so beautiful down there. You know, it's, it's a little bit crispier and chillier down there than it is here in Paris. But, um, I talk, I feel like I don't know enough people that go to the Alps. I don't know why. I don't know why we, we, we kind of forget about the Alps. We always think of Provence and the countryside and Normandy and that kind of stuff. But the Alps are just absolutely stunning. And, um, we haven't been there in a while. We, we, we need to get down soon to visit family, but I, I definitely, um, the food, oh my God, the cheese in the Alps is probably some of the best in the country. Um, and it's just, it's just scenery wise is, is, is fantastic. Really, really good restaurants, like cozy spots. It's just, just delightful. So I, I love the Alps and I like, and I like Burgundy too. Amy, thank you so much for joining us on Fabulous Thanks for having me. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of our summer series of Fabulously Delicious. Next week, we're going to be talking all things cocktails here in France. So, come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. And as I always say, remember, whatever you do, do it fabulously. Bon app. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.